happy 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 new year to you all hey i hope and pray that all of you had enough good time to rest and you've enjoyed time with your families and for those who went on holiday i hope your holidays were good and for us who stayed at home i hope that we got some enough time to bond with one another and just spend time enjoying the spaces that we're at Listen, if you are joining us for the first time, we want to give you a special, special, special welcome and say Saubona, Dumela and welcome. We hope you are going to have an awesome time here with us. And to us who call FJ their home, Sanbonani, Dumelang, Machiloni, Huyemore and good, good morning. Hey, for those who don't know who I am, my name is Baba Lotekiso and I have the honor and the privilege to be a leader in this community. So church, most of you are aware that we are in the midst of a second wave and the numbers of new cases are just crazy. And today, in fact, was supposed to be our first face-to-face first -face service of the year. But due to the numbers that are rising and us recording 21,000 plus cases, new cases every day. We, as a leadership, like we did last year, thought it would be great that we would not have face-to-face -face, um, services, but also today we wouldn't be able to have face-to-face -face services because all the gatherings until the 15th of January are banned, according to the president's speech that we saw a few days ago. So. We will be advised by the president and the government on the next steps, but as the leadership also will discern on what the best way forward is, depending on the number of new cases that we are seeing and depending on what this virus will be doing in the coming days. Can you believe it? The most loving thing to do today is to stay away from people. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that crazy? That as believers, we know that the most loving thing to do is to come together, is to fellowship together. But in this instance, the most loving thing to do is to just stay away from people. Wow, what a time to be alive, hey? Hey, so just because we are away from each other doesn't mean we need to stay disconnected. I want to urge all of you to remain connected in different platforms that we have here at church. And... I have a few suggestions that we can use to start using um, all the platforms that we've set up in the past to start reconnecting. So for some of you, I'll say, hey, why don't you restart those home groups that we started online? And they were going well. And now that we took time off during the holidays, I think it's a good time for us to restart and reconnect. Eh? And yeah, I mean, why don't we start online prayer groups as people and as a community so that we can connect together as a community? Hey, we can pick up the phone, we can call each other, we can WhatsApp each other, just to remain in touch with one another. And obviously, we can continue joining one another here on Sundays at 9 a.m. and for the Children's Church at 8.45 so that we can remain in community. The main thing here is to remain in community. Because remember, though the buildings are closed, church is not closed. Do you know why church is not closed? Because you and me are the church. You and me are the church. 
So let us not close church. We close the buildings, but let us not close church. So I have a few announcements that I want to give to you. Most of us know that prayer and fasting is part of our Christian practice. We fast and prayer to seek God's face and guidance. Most of the time we do it at the beginning of the year, but we don't have to do it at the beginning of the year all the time. We can do it in the middle of the year. We can do it at the end of the year. But time of fasting and prayer is basically a time where we take um, a special moment to deny ourselves certain things in life so that we can refocus all our attention and, and prayer to God. I have the good news that Kitumetsi and Poshia from our community will be leading us in this season of fasting and prayer. And now here is a quick video where Poshia is telling us about um, how this is all going to unfold going forward. Good morning, darlings. This is Portia. Compliments of the season. We would like to invite you to join us for a seven-day fast in prayer from this coming Wednesday, the 13th of January to the 20th of January. The purpose of this fast is to seek the face of the Lord regarding following Jesus' vision, direction, and purpose, and also revival for us as individuals and as a community and also just to seek the purpose and the will of God for our leadership, leadership of this nation, leadership of our church following Jesus and also to just pray for this COVID-19 to stop, to pray for the infected people to not die anymore to stop the spread of this uh, in fact of this covid and also to just come together as a family to unite and seek the face of the lord on what you will have us do we want us to just be united in this i urge you i plead with you let's be united in this for where there is unity that's where the Lord will pour out his blessing. Let's hear from the Lord. Our God is still speaking. He says, call on me and I will direct you and I will speak to you. And I believe as we unite as a family, you will speak to each and every one of us and would like to aid you to give us feedback on what you would have said to you so that we can combine whatever feedback that we would have received from the Lord and then apply it as we grow together. Let's be united and grow together and build together and fight the enemy together. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Posha and Kitumetsi, for your guidance and for your leadership in this. This is what we mean in this community when we say all of us have gifts and all our gifts matters it's not always the leadership that needs to do stuff you can take part and join in and participate in the activities of this church so Kitumezi and Posha, thank you so much for leading us in this and for all of us we all prepare ourselves different for a time of fasting so let us spend the coming days preparing ourselves and preparing our hearts, preparing our minds and our spirits for this time of fasting. Thank you, Posha and Kitumezi. So family, as we begin this year, that remains uncertain. 
how do we prepare ourselves better this time to handle whatever that might come our way? We can say that last year coronavirus hit us unexpected. But now we know that it's here and we know that it's going to disrupt and continue to disrupt our lives. How can we prepare ourselves to navigate these trying times together? Already we've started this year not so on good news. The virus is killing more and more people. The economy remains under pressure. People are losing their jobs. And with this new wave, more people are going to lose their jobs. Politics around the world continue to get out of hand. I'm tempted to speak about America, but I'll let that go. And hey, the list goes on and on. But we as people who are on a spiritual journey, it is important for us to ask ourselves questions and say, how are we preparing ourselves to journey through the storms, through the troubles that we will be facing in this time of uncertain times? As the leadership, we've set out a four-week series and we've titled this series The Highway. And I know that that name and that title is a bit random, but the concept around the highway is that highways are the uh, platforms that take people to different destinations. Highways are the uh, mediums that people use to get themselves into different spaces and different destinations. And many things happen on the highway while people are on a journey. And those things include sometimes taking wrong off-ramps, sometimes getting lost, and sometimes struggling to get our way back onto the highway. If you haven't been lost on the highway, you can raise your hand. I've been lost many times on the highway by taking wrong off-ramps, and I know the misery and the stress that it comes with when you are lost. But when we are lost, how do we get ourselves back onto the highway? Sometimes on the highway, we experience heavy traffic and we get frustrated because we feel things are not getting and moving as fast as we would like them to because we are trying to get to the destination. And sometimes on the highway, we find ourselves driving over the speed limit and moving at the pace that is too fast for what the law has been put and therefore breaking the law. Why do we do that? Because at that time we'd be acting selfishly and trying to get somewhere quickly. And sometimes we do get stuck on the highway. I've been stuck on the side of the highway before where I need someone to come tow me or help me. Or sometimes you run out of petrol on the highway. Sometimes you get a puncture and you do need extra assistance to get you towed to your safe destination. But this highway idea or plan that we have is just a metaphor to symbolize how our spiritual journeys unfold. Because like the journey on the highway, sometimes we take wrong offerings. Sometimes we take wrong offerings that lead our spiritual journeys astray. Sometimes we experience heavy traffic on our spiritual journey where we find that the mess of life and the frustrations and the problems of life just get congested and we can't move. We feel like we are not moving anywhere. But whatever situation you find yourself in, this idea of the highway is to help us, to carry us, to help us navigate the journeys that we find ourselves in. But here's the thing about the highway and the roads that we travel on, the big bridges that are built on the highways. 
if the foundations of those highways are not strong enough, they have the potential of endangering the lives of the very same people it's supposed to be carrying. If the pillars that are holding the big bridges that we see that are beautiful all around the country, all around the world, if those pillars don't have good foundations, those bridges will come down crumbling. So we need to check as we travel on the highways, we need to check as we travel on these bridges, we need to be aware that when those bridges don't have strong foundations, when the storms come, not if the storms come, when the storms come, we might find ourselves caught up in the mess as the bridges and the highways collapse. So we are learning from this highway series how to build lives that are built on strong foundations. We're going to be learning over the four weeks how to build faith journeys that are built on strong foundations so that when the storms of life comes, we don't find ourselves collapsing. So as the leadership, it is our hope, it is our prayer that this series is going to be helping you. Join us, pray with us, and let us walk this journey together. So today I'm speaking on building strong foundations. Building strong foundations as we navigate the highway. So I sit on the body corporate of our complex. And for those who know, the body corporate is the body that manages the complex together with the managing agents that the complex hires to do their work. So we receive lots of complaints from the gardens that are not done well to neighbors that are noisy to different kind of complaints. So one of these days, um, we received a complaint from one of our residents. And she said, hey, please come check out my house because I'm starting to experience some cracks in the house that I don't know where they come from. And they are all over the house. It's not just one area, but in the kitchen, in the bathrooms, in the bedrooms, everywhere. So we decided to go check this place out. But when we got there, we realized that, look, this is bigger than us. Let's call a special engineer to come check this thing out. So when the, found, when the engineer arrived at the house, he did a walk about with us and it didn't take him long to notice that the problem that this resident was dealing with was not just the cracks. The cracks were just symptoms of a bigger problem. He looked at all of us and said, ma'am and gentlemen, what we are dealing here with is shaky foundations. He said the problem here is with the foundation. He said the foundation is moving. And when the foundation is moving, the walls move too. And that's why we see the cracks that we see. And I must tell you, until today, that house is not fixed. Because you see, the cracks that we see and the foundation problems that she has, just because the foundation was not done right, is going to cost her a lot of money. You see, the previous owner, when he or she sold the house, they painted over the cracks and they made the house look beautiful. And now this new owner, years later, 
she's experiencing the problems of the past. She's experiencing the problems of a foundation that was not built well. And this can be us, friends. This can be us in our spiritual journeys where we find that we haven't built strong foundations in our lives. We haven't done things well. And therefore, when cracks show up, when the foundations are shaky, we crumble and we fall apart. And yes, sometimes like this owner that previously owned this house, sometimes we just paint over the cracks. Sometimes we just put plasters over the cracks and we look beautiful outside. But inside, we're living with the cracks in our lives. And one person who understood the importance of building strong foundations, strong theological foundations, strong faith foundations, was Jesus himself. You see, because Jesus spent some time teaching his disciples about the importance of building strong foundations. And we see here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to verse 29, but we are just going to read um, from verse 24, Jesus talking to his disciples about building strong foundations. Let us read together and hear what Jesus had to say about strong foundations. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of the realm of heavens. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father who will enter the kingdom of God. And on the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember? Don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? But I will say to them, Go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you. Because everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his or her life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When, not if, Jesus says, when the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his or her house, it stood firm because of its strong foundations. But Jesus continues to say, but everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his or her life can be compared to a foolish man who builds his house on sand. When, not if, when it rained and the floods came with wind and waves beating upon his or her house, it will collapse and it will be swept away. By the time Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were dazed and overwhelmed by his teaching because his word carried such great authority. It was so great they had never seen it before. It was quite unlike their religious teachings that they've had before. I would like us to quickly move to Luke 6 verse 46 to verse 49, where Jesus is speaking about the very same concept. And this is the scripture that I'm going to focus on. It says, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, then follows it. 
This is how it looks like. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it is going to collapse in a heap of ruins. It is going to collapse in the heap of ruins. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Oof, Lord, here we are. Here we are, Lord. Our hearts are open. We invite you to do work in our hearts as we go through your word. Help us, Lord. Use me as a vessel. Do your work in my heart too as I speak to your people. Amen and amen. So friends, you see, when Jesus was teaching this to his disciples, he was teaching them this as he was doing what we call Sermon on the Mount. And Sermon on the Mount starts from Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 7. And in that, he teaches them many things. He teaches them about money. He teaches them about divorce. He teaches them about prayer and fasting. What we are going to be going through in the next coming days, Jesus teaches his disciples about that. He teaches them about worry. And he teaches them about many other things, how to look after the poor and the needy. And Jesus says to his disciples, as he concludes his teachings, the scripture we're looking at right now is when Jesus had finished teaching them about all these things. He says to them, if you do not apply these things that I've been teaching you, you will be fools. But I'm saying to you, if you apply them, then you will be like a wise person. He gives them a contrast of two people. And he says one was wise and one was foolish. One was wise and one was foolish. These are not my words. These are Jesus' words. Jesus says to all of us who claim to be his followers, if we do not put what he teaches in this word of his, into practice, we are fools. I'll let that sink in a little bit. We are fools. Hmm. You see, both men had the same desire. Both men wanted to build a house. But one was not wise. Both men faced the same storm. But only one survived. And this teaches us that when we don't apply these words that Jesus tells us to apply, we are behaving as fools. Now, we don't need to be alarmed by this and be offended. Even though scripture is there to offend us so that it can convict us, so that it can, we can change and desire righteousness because we are called the righteous ones after all. American preacher Tony Evans explains the meaning of these two terms, wisdom and foolishness. And he says, this is what 
wisdom looks like in the Bible. Wisdom is the ability to apply spiritual truth in our life's realities. He says wisdom, it is our ability to apply spiritual truth to life's realities. And he says foolishness. In the Bible, it is our inability or refusal to apply spiritual truth to our life's realities. And you see, the above explanations has nothing to do with our academic um, level or our intellectual level or our financial status. No, it has everything to do with why, how we respond to God's word. And I suspect, I suspect that you listening to this message right now, your desire, your desire as a follower of Christ is to do his father's will. Your desire is to put everything that Jesus teaches us through his word into practice. But you see, the reality of life is that sometimes we don't always get it right. Sometimes we struggle because our foundations are not set on good soil. We sometimes have areas in our lives that foundations, where foundations are shaky because they are set on sand. So what are some of the foundations in our lives that we think needs to be checked? What are some of the foundations and some of the walls that are showing the cracks and we know that those cracks are actually not the problem because the problem is with the foundation. In what ways are we struggling to put scripture into practice? And what is causing us not to be able to put scripture into practice? What are some of the cracks that are showing in our marriages? The cracks that we are just hiding away and we are putting nice paint and nice plastering over them and outside people look at us and they're like, oh, we love that couple. But you know with your spouse that mm -mm, things are not well in paradise. And how can our families be built on strong foundations so that it, not just one argument demolishes the whole thing? Is the way we raise our children equipping them enough to withstand the storms of life? Or there are cracks in how we raise our children? Are there questionable ways in which we raise our children that doesn't align with the will of God? Hey, how's the foundation of our friendships? The friendships that we keep, are there cracks in those friendships? Are we just laughing with one another, but we're holding on to things and we are not resolving them? Hoping that we can just paint over and just put plaster and nice paint all over it and hope it will disappear? If you are young and you are watching this, I want to say this to you. It is important, it is critical to choose friends well in this generation. Choosing friends in this stage of your life is critical. Your friendships should be based on good foundations because you see, I've lived through it and I'm still living through it. Some friendships are going to destroy your life. 
if we don't check whether the foundations are good or not, some friendships have the potential of destroying our lives. So if you are young today, you have an opportunity to choose well. You have an opportunity to make sure that the foundations that you set for yourself, for the friends that you keep, are good foundations. Hey, and if it happens that you are single and you are hoping to find a partner one day that will spend the rest of your life with you, I want to say this to you as well. It is important for you to consider the kind of person that you want to live with and spend the rest of your life with. It is important to set good foundations for yourself, to set foundations and to set important boundaries for yourself so that whoever comes into your life must know that your relationship must be based on good and strong foundation. Because if it's not, it will crumble one day. It will crumble one day. I mean, we've seen with our school systems, we've seen the cracks in our school systems because of the different education systems and because of the different kind, kind of education that our children are receiving sorry, are receiving today. When the COVID hit, we saw bare uh, the discrepancies and the unjust ways in which our education system is outlined. We saw in the poorer communities, children not receiving education because of how the system has been set up for many, many years. And we can see the cracks. We can see the cracks. But you know why? is because the foundation of our education system was not set on good foundation. From the beginning, the foundations were never set on good foundation. The education system in this country has always been set in a way that will disadvantage others and advantage others. So we need to fix that. We need to make sure that our foundations are set on good uh, uh, sand, uh, soil. We see the cracks in governments today. We can see that our governments are not set on good foundations because we see corruption messing up everything everywhere around the world. We see lack of leadership around the world. We see the cracks in leadership around the world. Hey, before you look outside and say, yes, we can see it, we need to look at ourselves as believers as well because we know the cracks that are there in our churches. We know the cracks that are there in our churches that when COVID hits, when the storms of life hit, boom, everything just falls apart. So how do we fix the foundations in which the churches that we go to are built on? Hey, how do we, we can laugh and we can make joke about this, but we know the cracks in the faith and the theology that we carry around because we know some of us, the grounding and the foundation of our theology and our faith were not based on good foundation. Some of us had to relearn, unlearn and relearn some of the foundations of what we were taught because the foundations of the theology that we were taught didn't have good foundation. We've seen different things happening over the years where people are taught nonsense, where people eat snakes, where people uh, teach prosperity gospel in an unhelpful way. Everywhere around the world, we've seen how people can misuse the word of God for their own gain. 
So we as believers need to recognize and check ourselves as well and see if this foundation that we are building on is solid or not. Because Jesus says, if it's not strong, if it's built on sand, it will definitely collapse. And guess what? Jesus says, if we build on sand, we are behaving like fools. We are behaving like fools. So, we need to be aware that strong foundations generally can never be seen. They are always underground. But they are holding everything together. Strong foundations hold big bridges together, big highways together. They hold things together. But you see, strong foundations, they take time to build. They require patience because of the nature of what they need to carry. But not all of us are willing to put in the work. Not all of us are patient to wait, to let the foundations sink, to spend enough time building on this foundation so that when we move, when we start building, things are not going to crumble when the storms of life come. Strong foundations require hard work. Strong foundations requires us to build wisely. And we need to be honest with ourselves because all of us have areas in our lives where some foundations are shaky and cracks are showing and work needs to be done and work needs to be done. So which areas of our, of our lives have cracks? Which areas of our lives need to be bulldozed all together so that we can start rebuilding afresh? Which areas in our church needs to be redone? Which areas of our church needs to be bulldozed so that we can build afresh? Which area in your life do you need to consider bulldozing and starting afresh on? Because you see, friends, knowing scripture and doing scripture are two different things. And this is the message that Jesus is trying to put across to us in this verse. Jesus says it's not good enough for you to just know scripture if you are not going to be doers of scripture. Jesus says it is good for you if you know scripture. It is great if you know the word, but it is not enough if you are not going to put it into practice. So friends, what are some of the things in our lives that do not align with his will and his ways? Because you see, we know. If we are honest with ourselves, we know. We know those things. We know when Jesus tells us to love and we know there are times when we actually hate instead of showing love. We know Jesus tells us to forgive, but there are times when we don't forgive others who trespass against us. We know there are times when Jesus tells us to love our enemies, but we don't. And we all struggle with these things. We know Jesus tells us to use our words to build others, but we know there are times when we've used our tongues to break other people. We know Jesus says, do not gossip. But we know we've gossiped, we've lied before. And these are the things that we regret afterwards. But we know we've done them because our foundations are not built strongly. You see, knowing and doing are two different things. 
my uncle over Christmas was telling us a story on how he got to join the army. Him and his friends were just picked up on the side of the road one day and they decided they're going to go join the army. And he was telling us that when they arrived there, he did not understand a lot of things they were teaching them theory-wise because school and him were not so friends, were not good friends. But his friend, on the other hand, was mastering all the theory, was passing all the theory. But when they took them to the practicals, my uncle told me that his friend failed. And you know with the army, if you fail the practicals, they kick you out of the army. When they got to the practicals where they had to do the hard work, where they had to learn all the things that they were practicing in theory, when they had to put it into practice, his friend was not fit enough to stand these practicals and they had to send him home. And this teaches us friends, this teaches us friends that knowing is not enough. Knowing while it's good is not enough. And most of us, while we want to know, while we want to practice these things, we want to practice them at our own terms. When we want to build strong foundations, we want to tell God what cement to use, what sand to use, what, how you want to mix it. And you want to even tell God how much you need to pour in your foundation. And God just folds his arms and says, okay, go ahead. Because he knows we're going to fail. He knows how to build strong foundations with us. But we need to invite him. We need to allow him to walk with us and journey with us in building strong foundations in building strong foundations. So friends, in 2021, how about we do things differently? How about those New Year's resolutions? We don't just do them as we've always done them, but this time we do them with the intention to see them fulfilled. How about we make 2021 and beyond a year when we will not just quote scripture, but we'll apply it. As a church, when we say we are a church that favors the poor, that wants to see the poor and the marginalized um, uplifted and bringing dignity back to them, we will do that. How about we uh, uh, put all of these things that we say into practice? It is my desire. It is my desire to see a step into, into this and building afresh and building strong foundations that will not be shaken when the storms of life come. So in 2021, I would like us to consider stopping to uh, only working for God, but I'd like us to consider starting to work with God. You see, friends, when we work with God, He starts to reveal things in us he starts to reveal the cracks. He starts to reveal areas in our lives where the foundations are shaky and where we need to do some work. And when we partner with him, he gently, when we are humble and are willing to walk with him, he gently just takes us back onto the highway and shows us the right way on those off-rams that we've taken that has led us astray. So, how do we then build these strong foundations? How do we practically apply scripture in our lives? I would like to try to invite you to take some practical steps as an individual, 
before I move to us taking practical steps as a church. As an individual, one, I would like us to first start by admitting that the foundations in which we have built our lives on are not good. Admit those areas in your life where the foundations are shaky, where the cracks are there and you know that they are just being hidden by that paint. Let us be honest with ourselves. That's the first step that we need to do. The second step that we need to do, we need to identify those areas that need work and start making achievable plans to change the situation. We can't just speak about these things. We need to speak about them, identify them, and put plans in place for us to start working on them. And the third thing we need to do once we've done that, we need to then go to God and say, God, here is our heart's desire. We need courage to start working on rebuilding these areas in our lives that have fallen apart. Lord, we want to come to you admitting that, yes, it is tough. Yes, it is frustrating. Yes, the walls have, fall, have fallen down. Yes, I'm ashamed. Yes, I'm carrying guilt. But Lord, I know in your presence there is grace, there is mercies that are new every day. And Lord, I know and I know that I'm not fighting against just flesh and blood here. I know that I'm fighting against the evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world. I'm fighting against mighty powers in the dark world. And I'm fighting against other evil spirits in the heavenly realms. So God, I'm coming to you and I'm asking you for courage to be able to face these areas in my life that needs changed. Because sometimes it's not easy to look myself in the mirror and be honest with myself. So Lord, give me the courage to be able to do that. I want to stop being stupid. I want to stop being foolish. I want to be wise because I want to build on good foundations. And then the fourth thing we need to do after we ask for courage, we need to then invite God to come and hold our hand as we continue to seek ways to rebuild these strong foundations. The fifth thing we need to do is to then be patient with ourselves and understand and realize that building strong foundations require a lot of time, a lot of hard work. Therefore, we need to be patient both with ourselves and with those around us. The other thing we need to do in this process is to swallow our pride and be open and ask for help from fellow Christians. We struggle with this as Christians. We never think it's a good idea to go to other Christians to open up. We always try to do things by ourselves. And maybe Christians, we are to blame. Maybe people have been bent before because when they've done it, they've been bent before. But this is the time to reclaim and to build again. This is the time to set good foundations and put good boundaries and for us to recommit to confidentiality so that when someone comes with sensitive information and they say, hey, I want to be vulnerable, I want to build again, can you help me? We won't use it against them. We won't go around telling other people. But let us swallow our pride and ask for help from fellow Christians. And hey, let us stay in prayer. Let us stay in prayer. If we feel weak to pray for ourselves, let us ask others to pray on our behalf. I also want to add these questions on the individual steps that you can take and other questions that you can ask yourself. I want to ask you, are you part 
of a home group in this church? Are you part of a community? Are you connected to this community so that you have people around you who you can walk this journey with? Or people in this community can come and approach you and ask you to walk a journey with them. Uh, how connected or how disconnected are you from this community? Because you see, this will determine how you build going forward. This will determine the kind of foundations that you build going forward. If you are not connected in any way in this community, my dear friend, I'm here to tell you, you are building on sand. Your behavior is foolish, as Jesus tells us, because Jesus has built us for community. Jesus has built us to survive with one another. Jesus has built us for relationship with one another and with him. So we should not be happy just having a relationship with God but not the relationship with saints around us. With saints around us. And for us as a community, we need to look ourselves in the eye. We need to look ourselves in the mirror and be willing to accept some of the foundations that need to be bulldozed and rebuilt again. And for me, the main foundation that I believe needs rebuilding, both in following Jesus and in churches around the world, is that foundation of our faith and of our theology. I believe that the theology that some of us were taught has led us astray, has made us to believe in things that do not benefit us. I think it's time for us to relook at the type of theology that we are taught and see if that theology is helpful and see if that theology is in line with what Jesus is teaching us to see if that theology is easy to put into practice because if that theology is not my friends we are behaving like foolish people who build their houses on sand so I know that most of us, we claim to believe and we claim to be saving the same God. But I know that the theologies that we carry are not the same. And that needs to be fixed, my friend. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that this year, as following Jesus, we'll have different platforms where we do discipleship groups that can help us to realign ourselves, to build fresh foundations so that our theology can be on the same path that Jesus wants us to be on. I know that the way we read and interpret scripture is not the same and we need to fix that. I know that in this church we still have a long way to go in building unity of the mind, unity of the heart and, and, and unity of the spirit. And I'm praying to God that we can build afresh in this area as you had Portia in the fasting, we're going to be fasting for this. We're going to be fasting so that we can be able to unify in the spirit, in our hearts, in our minds, to all believe in the same things, to believe in the vision of this church so that we'll be able to advance it for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Now, another question I'm going to ask you is, what role 
are you hoping to play in building these strong foundations in different areas of this church? Which role are you going to play? Are you going to bring a shovel? Are you going to bring a spade? Are you, what, are you going to, what tool are you going to bring? What gift are you going to bring to make sure that as we dig down, as we bulldoze the current structure and rebuild afresh, you will take part in the rebuilding? Like Nehemiah did, what role are you going to take and play in the rebuilding of this community called following Jesus to make sure that from 2021 going forward, following Jesus will be a home for you and for others. Others who are coming in will find this place as a welcoming place, will find this place with the foundation of love that reigns in this place. People will walk in and immediately feel the touch of God and say, here, God lives. What role are you going to play in making sure that will build new foundations, strong foundations, as we try to advance the kingdom of God. You see, I love this God that we serve. I love this God that we serve. Because this God that we serve, He's a God who never leaves nor forsakes us. He's a God of second chances. He's a God who, when we humble ourselves and come before Him and say, Hey, Lord, we think we took a wrong off-ramp. We want to come back. Can you help us and redirect us back onto the highway? He says, Yes, my child. Hold my hand. Let's go. So this God that we serve doesn't want us to come to him when we've sorted our lives out. He says, are you lost? Are you confused? Come to me like that. I will redirect you. He doesn't want us to find our way first. And when we are back on the highway, we seek him. He says, no, seek me in your confusion. Seek me in your problems. Seek me in your dark hole and I will reach out my hand and I will get you out. Because you see, in Psalm 32 verse 8, he says, I will guide you along the best pathways for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. In Ephesians 2.20, it says, Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone of that house is Jesus Christ himself. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that we serve a God like that? Hey friends, this is an invitation as we begin a new year. This is an invitation from us and from God. We believe this is an invitation from God to say, hey, this year I want us to start differently. This year I want us to build differently. As we navigate this highway of life, the first step I want you to take is to look at your foundation, is to look at the pillars that are holding your life. And to make sure that the pillars holding the bridge, the pillars holding the marriage, the pillars that are holding on how you raise your children, the pillars on how you get into a relationship, get into friendships, the pillars into how we navigate our faith will be built on strong foundations moving forward. This is an invitation. I want to encourage you to take a step and accept this invitation. I want to encourage you to respond to this invitation because you see the rock that is our cornerstone is Jesus himself. And only Jesus alone is our cornerstone. So we should trust in him, believe in him. He's our hope. He can still fix things that 
are broken he can still fix those areas in our lives that needs fixing he's the one who can take the cracks that we have in our lives and put them back in line he's the one who can demolish the house and build strong foundations afresh but we need to invite him friends we need to invite him. We need to be willing to take a journey with him. We need to be willing to take a journey out of foolishness into wisdom. This is not condemnation. This is love that comes from Christ. It sounds harsh, but it was with love that Christ was saying to his disciples, you'll be acting foolish if you don't put these things into practice. You will experience hardships if you don't put these things into practice. So I want to invite you this year. I want to invite you and urge you and encourage you. How about we build different this year? How about we look ourselves in the mirror and build different this year? How about we consider a new way of doing things? How about we consider His way of doing things? How about we seek the Lord together? The Lord who gives life and life abundantly. Father, we seek your face today. Father, we ask you for courage today. Father, we ask you. We ask you, Lord, give us courage. Give us courage to look ourselves in the mirror and to stop pointing fingers at others, but looking ourselves in the mirror and being willing to rip our hearts open and to allow you to come in and to reveal the areas in our lives and the cracks in our lives that we've hidden with good paint so that we can work on the foundations that are shaking right now. Lord, we ask you to walk with us. Lord, we ask you to come and hold our hand. Lord, we declare that you are God with us. You are Emmanuel. So, Lord, we come before you and say, Hey, Emmanuel, we need your help. We need your guidance. We've taken wrong offerings. Help us bring us back. Kalibizo la Jesu. Kalibizo la Jesu. Kalibizo la Jesu. In the name of Jesus. I pray this for all of us. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Whew. Hey family. Until we see each other again next week. When we continue looking at things that happen on the highway. I want to encourage you to stay safe. I want to encourage you to take care. I want to encourage you to continue washing your hands regularly, wearing your masks and sanitizing. I want to encourage you to continue looking out for those who are vulnerable right now and showing and showering them with love. And until then, sharp, sharp, much love to you and sure, sure.